Hey everybody, this is Katrina Rochelle. I'm here with my co-host Jose Angel, and this is Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we talk about your favorite and least favorite celebrities. Today it will be Jose taking the reins, correct? Correct. And I just want right. to note that you have taken out friend from the introduction. So I think we need to work on that. Oh, I did just say co-host. <laughs> this is what happens when you get into business with friends. You just it's all business. Like we're just business partners now what you you texted me one time about some business and I said how dare he on my day off Uh, off. (laughs) (laughs) today we'll be talking about Shia LaBeouf are you a Shia fan uh he's one of those people that you know and you know what he's been in and you know the history and all that but no I, I I don't claim to have a favorite movie not even a favorite movie by him no okay Holes is one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't consider it a Shia LaBeouf movie, mm. but it is like probably in my top five favorite movies. Everybody uh, talks about that. I hate that movie. And guess what? Never really seen it. Yeah, and a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I don't think I've really, I mean, I've seen a couple of his movies, but nothing like stands out. Yeah, he's been in blockbusters, but like I ain't watched them. I, I never watched, I, well, here's the thing. You watch is he has movies that you watch passively when they come on cable. Like I definitely watch Transformers on TNT or something. Yeah, easy to watch movies that kind of watch it once and forget about it. Mm-hmm. We're we're getting into it. <laughs> I got most of this information from the Hollywood Reporter podcast that Shai gave an interview on and an article from Time.com that called a comprehensive timeline of Shia LaBeouf's weirdest behavior and from <laughs> Insider.com. I'm sorry, you, you said time.com. I, I did say that. And I, <laughs> I thought about going back and we say that. No, no one's going to notice. <laughs> time.com. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't let it pass. Shire was born June 11th, 1986, in downtown Los Angeles. That makes him a Gemini. Mm, split. <laughs> He says his mother was a fabric salesman and his father was a drug dealing clown. Oh, damn. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. But uh, a, a drug seller, a, you said a clown that was selling drugs for real or was he joking? No, I mean, he sold drugs and he was a clown. So I think that's a good way to describe mm-hmm. him. Hopefully not at kid parties. No, I don't think so. When Shia was three, he would go to the park with his mom and dad, and they would dress up as clowns and sell hot dogs and snow cones using a cart his father had stolen from a hotel. Shia says he really liked doing this because it was the time his parents could not argue because they were working and no one wants to see clowns fighting. Mm-hmm. And he just remembers it in a really positive way. Shia's parents mostly fought over money, and when he was five, they ended up getting a divorce. When Shia was 10, he starts doing a stand-up routine his dad knew someone who owned a club, and before they served alcohol, Shire was allowed to come in and do his set. He mostly just repeated, like, Richard Pryor and Red Stoughton jokes, and it was his father's friends in the audience, so he said it, he wasn't really nervous, and the crowd would just think it was funny that these that he was doing these jokes as a kid. Really interesting. You, you know what I'm thinking if he was doing Richard Pryor jokes? Was he letting this little Shia LaBeouf say the N word? <laughs> I, I definitely was, I can was see that. that too. But <laughs> little, little white kids say it and say it and say, it, "Nigga, oh my god, that's so funny! Look at him say it, say it again." But he okay, he didn't really say what jokes of his he was saying. Mm-hmm. We know the material. <laughs> He ended up being discovered by someone connected to Jay Leno, who was going to be performing later at that club. And he asked Shia if he wanted to warm up the crowd at the Tonight Show before they started recording. Mm. From there, he starts appearing in skits on the Tonight Show, which were recorded. At 11, he gets kicked out of school and has to go to juvenile detention school, like a juvenile detention school. And mm-hmm. he decides school is not for him. He's going to go full steam ahead with Hollywood. So he realizes he needs an agent. So he starts calling around and using like a fake voice and agents can just tell it's a kid because at this point (laughs) he's 11 and, you know, he hasn't even hit puberty yet. Yeah, probably the squeaky voice. Yeah. So they want to speak to his mom, but she wasn't really going along with it. She was somewhat supportive, but she just wanted him to go to school. Like he's 11. Like, of course she wants him to go to school. (laughs) (laughs) 
And his dad was currently in rehab, so he was not in the picture a lot. Shia does end up finding an agent, and she was just like a small-time agent. He said in an interview she mostly worked as a barber, but he ended up living with her for the summer. He was doing like commercials and very small student films. So when the summer ended, he had to go back and live with his mom and get his grades up so he can get a work permit. And the next summer, he goes back and lives with Teresa, the agent. And now with a work permit, he can start doing bigger roles. Mm, he's, he's lived a very interesting life. And he's only, what, like 11, 12 right now? He's 11, yeah. So, I mean, he does have a hustle. He said, like, acting was always you know, for the money. That's why he did it because his parents fought over money. So he was trying to fix it. He was trying to be yeah. happy. And, and I mean, the parents, I mean, in a way kind of sacrificed them. Like, yeah, go ahead and live with this agent. That it was weird to me. I didn't that really see weird. him like dive into it more. I don't know if I had an 11 year old, I would let them stay with an agent, but I don't know what that relationship was either. His first really big role was Even Stevens that ran from 2000 to 2003. Mm -hmm. he, he ends up living with his dad in a motel so he could be close to the set. And he does win an Emmy for Even Stevens for best out, best child performer, like outstanding Early? performer. I didn't even know they gave out Emmys for kids back then. <laughs> I guess they did. He continues to get roles for movies like Holes, iRobot, Constantine, and Disturbia. In 2007, a few months after he turns 21, he ends up being arrested for trespassing in a Walgreens. He was drunk and he went down to Walgreens and forgot what he needed and ended up coming back like two more times. <laughs> drunk still? Yeah. Stupid. I do love Walgreens sometimes, though. He tells this story on David Letterman, and it's just like a funny story. No one was harmed and it didn't hurt his career a bit. Even though he was probably drunk driving back and forth to a Walgreens. But, I, you know, a little think, antidote is always hilarious. <laughs> I think he did say he walked in the interview. So no harm, no foul. But do we really? No. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the main role for the Transformer movies. And I think right here is the peak of Shia's career. Yeah, he was in everything I, around this time. I didn't watch the stuff. But like, like I said, you just saw him everywhere. He, he lost his little curly fro from uh, even Stevens. Everybody thought it was cute and stuff. So he was putting him in everything. Yeah, he, he really was. In 2008, he also gets Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm -hmm. Also in 2008, he is in a drunk driving incident. And what? Yeah. <laughs> Color me surprised. <laughs> Doesn't sound like he had a pattern. But that did not hurt his career, really. <laughs> Two years after the Indiana Jones movie comes out, he starts talking bad about the film, saying he thought he dropped a ball on the film. He says Harrison Ford, who starred in the film, didn't like it either. Ford had this to say about it. I got this quote from showbizcheatsheet.com. I think he was a fucking idiot. As an actor, I think it's my <laughs> obligation to support the film without making a complete ass of myself. Shia is ambitious, attentive, and talented, and he's learning how to deal with this situation, which is a very unique and difficult. Damn. But, I mean, at least, I guess Shia took some responsibility and said he dropped the ball, but, you know, he wasn't holding no punches. He's a fucking idiot. It's trash. It's terrible. <laughs> Steven Spielberg directed the Transformers trilogy and the Indiana Jones movies that Shia starred in. And Shia notes this is what caused them to end their working relationship. Shia stops making studio films and says there's no room to be a visionary in studio films. He says it wasn't really his choice to stop making those types of films. He said the bid marketing departments were worried that he would not be able to sell the movie. Which is mm. true. If a star of a movie is dissing the movie, people are not going to want to see it. Yeah. And plus, now you got everybody scared. Like, oh, he's cool now. But if he don't like how it looks later, he gonna say that shit is shit. <laughs> I'd be scared to hire you too. I think in the podcast I listened to, that's like the exact quote that Shia Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was pretty much, how Shia explains it, pretty much blackballed from studio films. No one wanted to touch him. Damn, I didn't know he got blackballed. Well, assuming he got blackballed, I, I thought he didn't he stopped doing it by choice it was a, it was a little bit of choice because he wasn't seeing what he wanted to see in there and it was no one wanted to touch him either mm. 
Goddamn. Shire also says up to this point, he doesn't see any acting in his films. He was just playing himself as an ordinary kid put in an extraordinary situation, which I kind of get. He was becoming an action star, but they all pretty much blur together, like we've been saying. Like, none of the roles had a, a different identity. He was the same in every role, except for the situations he was put in. Yeah, he was playing himself, like just his personality. That's all he was in it for. That. So this is when he starts doing independent films and more like performance art. Um, mm-hmm. He wore a paper bag over his head in 2014 saying, I am not famous anymore. And it looks like it's written in Sharpie. Have you seen that? I have seen that picture. He Once does, again, I don't get it. I, I don't either. A lot of this that we're about to talk about, I don't get it. He does an exhibit called the I'm Sorry Tour. I think it was I'm Sorry because he released like a short film that ended up being plagiarized. So he does this I'm Sorry Tour. And like you can go into this room with Shia and there's a table in front of him. And on the table, there's like a whip, a transformer toy, a bottle of alcohol and like some pliers and a few other things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't speak and you can do pretty much anything to him. Shia is really committed to this. He claims one woman came in and like whipped his legs and then proceeded to rape him. Which, to my understanding, Shia's not bound in any way. He just didn't move because it would ruin like the performance. He has a lot of. That's, oh, sorry. That was, that was, that was a lot. Of, a lot. A lot. I mean, that was a lot to unpack. Yeah. Uh, he. What? (laughs) Because that's crazy because you got to think about it in both ways. Was it rape? Because he didn't give consent. He did not give consent. He did not talk. Oh my gosh. But why was... Oh, shut up, Katrina. You're about to get canceled. What is... Oh my gosh, man. Oh, that's terrible. He said later that his like girlfriend came to visit him because it happened on Valentine's Day. And she was just like, crying and like trying to talk to him and he could not talk and because like i guess it went through the crowd of people there that what had happened like because she came out the girl who raped him Uh with like disheveled hair and like i guess people were new about it he has a lot of other performances and they are interesting to say the least i cut them from this episode because it doesn't really add to the narrative and i just it was becoming like I was trying to like dissect every performance and mm-hmm. and there might not be no meaning to any of this stuff. Who knows? Yeah, it's interesting. If the listeners want to go find out about it, they can. I'm sure they're it's out there somewhere. Yeah, www.goddamn.com. <laughs> that shit is crazy. Uh, before I move on, though, there was this interview. And I'm sorry, I don't remember where I saw the interview at, but I clicked on the interview to like watch it and like learn something. And all he's doing is staring at the woman who's giving the interview and she's staring back and they have GoPros on their head. And it's like an hour long. So I'm just watching. I'm like, what's going on? They got what on their heads? Like the GoPros to record each other. Oh, and they're just sitting and staring at each other from across. Yeah. And, you know, she diddles sometimes. And like, so that makes him smile. And it, it's just weird. <laughs> I don't I mean, get it. I, I do like to smile after somebody giggles. <laughs> yeah. It's um, interesting. This line, this is this is a lot. And we're not, I don't even know how how far we're into this. That's and, crazy. I cannot get over that first story. That sounds terrible. It is. Um, I think it was Dazed, D-A-Z-Z-E-D. That's where the interview was from, Dazed.com. Mm-hmm. Just want to put that on there. This is also the time when he's going into like method acting. So to really get into character, he's like taking acid for one role, shaved down a two for another. And in the tax collector, he actually got a huge chest tattoo for it. I did see that. That went viral, I think. Like yeah. His, his, uh, his tattoo and everything. Just for a... Oh, okay. You're right. Method acting. Again, we could dive more into it, but it's just not a Shia fan podcast. <laughs> in 2014 he was arrested again for disorderly conduct he was drunk at a theater performance and was just being disruptive he was smoking inside yelling and even smacked actor alan cummings butt when he walked by 
Nothing too bad. He went on Jimmy Kimmel and it was treated like a funny story. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, was he telling the story? Yeah, he was telling the story. Um, but Let after, Alan tell it. Well, Alan Cummings actually told it on Conan and it was like a funny story there too. Well, goddamn, prove me rock. <laughs> <laughs> In 2015, he started in C.S. Elastic Heart video. Some people saw the video as perverted or it didn't sit right with them. And for those who haven't seen the video, it's him and what's her name? Maddie Ziegler? Is her name? Maddie Ziegler from Dance Moms, Dance yes. Mom Face, <laughs> Abby Lee Miller. That bitch is crazy. Um, and Maddie was a child. Shire is obviously a grown man at this point. Mm-hmm. And they're dancing around in like this cage. And people thought he had like some pedophilia undertones in it. Yeah. I did not get that from there. I can kind of see why i like the song it's probably one of my favorite sia songs the video is just uh. yeah that's the crazy thing is that i had heard you know because you know they come out with the album before they do the videos that well at this point she did sometimes they don't do that now but um i had heard the song and i had loved the song because the weekend's in it right too right I'm, i'm pretty sure I don't. Um, he might be in a remix. So I don't think he's in the regular one. He's not. I got start. Anyway, I had heard that version. I had liked it so much, and then that's when the video happens, and then everybody hates it. So you're like, "Yeah, that's all trash." Yeah, <laughs> just trying to fit in. <laughs> I didn't like it either. In 2017, Shia was arrested again. This time because Shia was doing like an exhibit called He Will Not Divide Us, talking about Donald Trump. There's a <coughs> camera and you chant He Will Not Divide Us into it. Someone instead said Hitler did nothing wrong. Shia's just screaming <laughs> at him, He Will Not Divide Us, and shoves the guy. And there's a video out of on it if you guys want to watch it somewhere. And he's arrested for misdemeanor assault and harassment. Those charges do end up being dropped. Yeah, that's just a crazy ass situation. I you could you could say that's like you like a one off if you didn't know all the other stuff. Yeah, right there. I mean, I'm gonna give him a pass. I mean, yeah, Hitler did nothing ahead. wrong. That like, deserves to be shoved. You, we on a whole different plane, and you on you in a whole different book. <laughs> like just a troll to come uh-huh. along, like, probably. So again, in 2017, Shia's drunk at a bowling alley. And the guy working there allegedly refuses to sell Shia French fries. This sets Shia off, and Shia calls him a racist a bunch of times and gets kicked out of the bowling alley. Mm. There's a video on TMZ if you guys want to watch that. I'm not sure why Shia called this guy racist or what racism has to do with French fries, but a lot of these incidents seem to be alcohol related. Yeah, uh, a lot of them. Also, here's the well, I don't know if you would know this if, if you really looked into it that deep. Does everybody know the situation is about French fries when it's being recorded? Or they just think Shia is calling somebody racist real loud? It just seems like from the video, like a drunk guy, like you kind of don't even know what's going on. Um, And now in July 2017, Shia is arrested again. Apparently he goes up to a police officer and asks for a cigarette. It doesn't show that part on camera. So he was being drunk somehow, like causing a scene. And there's video on TMZ, like in the back of the police car. And he's screaming, I'm an American. I pay taxes. You can't do this. I have a million dollar lawyer. I'm going to sue you. (laughs) It'd be funnier if he was yelling, do you want fries with that? Do you want fries with that? (laughs) He also says later when he's like at the police department that they're all going to hell. And he singles out one officer who is black and says, you are especially going to hell. When another officer asks, why is he especially going to hell? Shire responds, because you a black man. He a calls little, him, just like that? <laughs> yeah, that's... Because <laughs> you a black man. That's the oh. exact quote. <laughs> like, the video, that's how he says it. Because you a black man. Pot calling the racist racist. He calls him racist. And when they ask, how are they being racist... He says, because you got me in here from a black man who arrested me for being white in a city that don't have nothing to do with none of it. It doesn't really make sense. And he's drunk and he's just rambling. Yeah, he was drinking, drinking. I'm kind of surprised this didn't make 
a bigger wave. I remember when Reese Witherspoon was arrested in 2013. That was <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I remember that too. Because I really love, I gave her a pass. That story sounds hilarious. Reese does get a pass. <laughs> I, do you know who I am? Yes, sweet home Alabama. Go. No, okay, never mind. You don't let her drive off. You just put her in the, you drop her off, officer. I would have dropped her home. That sounds terrible, but I would have done the same for Angela Bassett as well. I mean, what do you mean? I'm very equal. But Shia pretty much did the same thing, and a little worse, in my opinion. Like he was on some other stuff, though. He, I, he apparently he just he's always getting arrested being drunk. It seems like besides that one time when he was like, I guess, organizing or protesting or whatever, everything else is a problem, an aggressive problem. Yeah, and I feel like it's. Not like racist undertones, but like this fake wokeness that comes out when he's drunk. That I'm sure Shia does fight for causes, but when he's drunk, it just gets all jumbled and rambled about. Maybe he don't. Maybe that's the that's his truth coming out. Because you know, I mean, not like you said, you don't know if it's real or not. But we do know that people in the entertainment industry do that performative wokeness that performative uh action call of call of action of help this and do this and black lives matter and save asian lives and then um after a couple weeks bitches back to the beach like some people do that so maybe he can't hold his tongue when he's drunk and so he just he just does whatever or just maybe like what i think since you started this whole story he's just deeply he's he's deeply troubled He's dealing with some some real issues. I think he is troubled. And he just keeps getting more famous and he keeps getting into more trouble and not help. So after that, Shire later releases a statement on Twitter saying how ashamed he is and says he has been struggling with addiction. He's working to get sober. Mm -hmm. These incidents alone might cause people to raise an eyebrow and maybe reconsider working with Shia. But up to this point, I think his behavior has sort of been pushed aside because he's doing these indie films and these performant art projects. I think they are willing to work with Shia because he has such, you know, he's a big name. Yeah, he has star power in their usually small production films or student films that they need a good name attached to get it seen. And honestly, all these previous mini scandals, if you will, does not warrant Shia to get an episode here on Save Your Sorry. But these plus what we are about to discuss does. Hmm. Now we are at the FK Twids accusations. They dated for nine months, but it was a roller coaster starting in 2018, ending in 2019. Twids filed a civil lawsuit against Shia in December 2020 for sexual battery, battery, assault, intentional inflection of emotional distress, and gross negligence. I got most of this information from the lawsuit itself, which I got off the New York Times and the interview that Twids gave with Dale King. Mm-hmm. Shia and her met on the set of Honey Boy, where Shia plays his dad in this like autobiographical film when he's a child. From there, Twids claimed Shire won her over by love bombing her. Do you know what love bombing means? No. What's that mean? <laughs> okay. Love bombing, pretty much how Twids explains it, is where you like over displays of emotion, telling someone how amazing they are, like, you know, just pouring it on them just so you can tear them down later. Uh, like, like that same night or like later in the relationship. L- a little of both, a little of both. <laughs> Damn. Okay, I get what you're saying then. Kind of, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. When they first met, he would jump the fence to get to her front door and leave flowers and poems. At first, Twitch thought this was kind of romantic, but now she sees it as shy not respecting boundaries. Mm-hmm. And after two weeks, he was telling her he loved her. Once they moved in together, things took a turn. Twids claimed Shire was very jealous and would get mad if she talked to waiters, would accuse her of still being in love with her ex, Robert Pattinson. And at first, Shire was just emotionally abusive. He would ask her opinion on like an art piece and then just start yelling at her if she disagreed with him, keeping her up for hours, not letting her sleep. 
God and, damn. Yeah, it was just to like talk down to her and yell at her. Mm-hmm. Twins claimed Shia would have a quota for like the amount of kisses and touches she gave him. And if she didn't reach that limit, he would get mad. Twits didn't know the exact number, but she thinks it was around 20 touches and 20 kisses per day. Damn, that's kind of a lot, Loki. It's a lot to be demanding of someone, too. Like, you should not have a quota. Mm-hmm, I gotta go to work. It got to the point that Twits would start to get scared if she didn't get to reach that quota before bed. Twits claimed Shire would sleep with a gun thinking gang members were after him. Twits would fear... To even get up to go to the restroom because she thought he would like accidentally shoot her. And yeah. also, Shia insisted that the front door be unlocked. I think that was more to scare Twigs. If he really believed that gang members were after him, why would he keep the front door unlocked? Yeah, that is weird. Like, I know that this is something that I can make you scared of too. Or I don't know. Did, like, he told her that there were gang members after him as a way to make her uh, fear for his life too and hers. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, I get why it worked, but I I don't get why he would play games, mind games like that. He would demand that Twigs watch documentaries about murdered women before bed with him. I'm a huge lover of true crime, but I think this was also like to put fear into her. Yeah, I would never watch that shit on my way to bed. <laughs> that scares me. And a lot, I'll, I don't watch Unsolved Mysteries. All my crimes, they've been solved. So I still don't want to watch that going to sleep. I do, but it's it seems like it's torture on his end. He also demanded that she sleep naked. Shia told Twids he would go driving around and shoot stray dogs. He did this to get into character for his role in the tax collector. So even... If all this gang member talk is just a way to get into character, this is just taking it way too far. Yeah, like this is confirmed he was killing dogs on the street? He it's, said that? These are all allegations from Twix. Oh. Oh, that's some serial killer shit, though. It is some serial killer. And Twix thinks it was to scare her because she said she's like a dog lover. And I mean, even if you're not a dog lover, like if you're killing dogs, that's scary as hell. Exactly. Like every everything she said she ever liked or didn't like, he took away and uh, tortured her with it. Tortured her with it, uh, according to her scene. I don't know. When it was physical, Twig says Shy would push her and say like she fell in a way to like gaslight her and make her doubt herself. Twigs also contracted an STD because of Shia. Allegedly, Shia had an STD and failed to inform Twigs. He even went as far as covering it up with makeup when he had a flare-up to hide it from her. This man was all over the fucking charts. (laughs) This this is ridiculous. It is like... It, I, I don't even mean to laugh. It's just like, I'm laughing because it's like unbelievable that yeah, he can be this. He's a monster. He got away with it this long until she decided to air his ass out. And it's like, this is a regular person. This man would already have been strong. But it's, it's shy. So you don't hear about this stuff until people finally break free of the, the mental abuse they've been put forth and decide to. Uh, to Someone has to come forward. Yeah, it all starts with a one person at least. And that's when you get everybody. So I'm guessing F- FKA wasn't the only person who came forward. The breaking point for Trids was they were driving and arguing. And Shia said if she left him, he would smash the car into the side of the wall and kill them both. When they pulled into a gas station, Twigs, like started grabbing her badge, trying to leave. But Shia picked her up, drew her against the car, and started strangling her. She said three guys saw this, but... They just watched and didn't help. Oh, that, I, I was just about to ask. That's the, oh, there and that bystander effect shit is real. Yeah, and I think it goes into double overtime when it's a man attacking a woman. Unfortunately, exactly. mm-hmm. they don't want to get involved in a domestic issue. Exactly, because you don't know what you don't know what's happening. It, it's terrible. <laughs> Society is like we we basically feel like. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, and I mean, you should obviously help. I feel like in those situations, if they did not recognize them as famous people, a lot of the times I feel like it can turn on you. So people don't want to get involved. Mm-hmm. Twids filed a lawsuit because she wanted Shire to get help. Twids wanted Shire to get help so he couldn't hurt anyone else. And he, she also wanted him to donate money to an organization that helps abused women. 
Um, Twitch said that a lot of something that really helped her was a hotline for abused women. So she knows that if Shy donated money to one of those organizations, it would help other women. Mm-hmm, like it did her. Yeah. When he refused yeah. to get help, Twids knew she had to come forward. Someone I was has... about to, oh, sorry. I keep interrupting you. No, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it seems like it's a good idea because basically it seems like he had been doing her wrong and not treating himself good as well in turn. So if you're not going to do anything when I tell you privately and stop harming yourself and others, I might as well put you on blast in public because that stops you from hurting yourself. It puts other people on the alert who might get involved with you and you might take some responsibility and actually check yourself in so you can be a changed person. Yeah. I mean, at the bare minimum, she wants to, you know, prevent one woman, another woman from being harmed. Mm -hmm. And uh, she also wants Shia to get help. Mm -hmm. Because I can imagine she probably still cares for him. It's like, you don't want him, you don't want him uh, hurt himself. Otherwise you just would let him keep doing what he's doing. Exactly. Someone who came out in support of Twids is Sander Sia. She tweeted, I too have been hurt emotionally by Shia, a pathological liar who called me into an adulterous relationship claiming to be single. On another tweet, she said, I believe he's very sick and have compassion for him and his victims. Just know, if you love yourself, stay safe, stay away. I heard about Sia coming out against him, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that first first thing. I didn't know they had a relationship. I thought she meant like he took advantage of her during their professional relationship. Yeah, I didn't know like they business. had a yeah. I didn't know they had a personal one. Well, we're about to talk about a little more. Okay. I'm In sorry. an interview Sia did with the Sunday Times, she said both of us thought we were singly dating, but that wasn't the case, and he was still married. So to me, it's in that quote. It seems like. Her and Twids were dating Shia at the same time. And he was also married to his ex-wife, Mia Goff, at the time, who he was married to from 2016 to 2018. Oh, yeah. Then he was just switching them all out. I did not find any comments from Mia Goff yet. But I did find a video of them arguing when they were together. And he's telling other people in the video who are, like, with him. He says, I don't want to touch a woman. I don't want to hit a woman, but I'm being pushed. I don't know if he was intoxicated in this video, but he does kind of seem like it to me. And in this video, the this video in hindsight is really chilling because that to me seems like abuser language. Like, you know, you're making me do this. You're pushing me to do this. Oh, yeah. That's classic um, projection. Type it's, stuff. Yeah. Sia concludes with, he said he wanted to marry me and live a sober life. But, you know, I feel like I'm always going to love him because he's such a sick puppy. Which I want to say that I kind of love Sia calling him a sick puppy. When I was doing this research, that's how he came off to me, like a sick puppy. Like, he needs help. There's something likable about him. Mm. But if these allegations are true, which I think they are personally, then he seems like a monster and he needs to get help. Oh, 100%. All that stuff wrapped up to one. He is, you, you don't want to write people off, but that you, you need serious help because just in the allegations alone, you, oh, you talk, you're saying you, you're killing stray dogs. You keep uh, gaslighting your girlfriends, physically abusing them, but using language like it could be somebody else's fault, except for you, the one who's actually putting your hands on. I don't. And and the thing is, it's, it's kind of telling if, if the wife wasn't really famous before or after the marriage, I, I would not say anything too. what's the reasons to speak out. Okay, to alert other people. If she doesn't want to do that, maybe she's trying to recover from something that she's dealt with or she figures, maybe if I don't say nothing, this man won't try to come back in my life. But who knows? But I I find it very telling that the wife, the person that he actually married, 
hasn't said anything uh, after all these things have been said about him. Yeah, that I saw. I mean, I don't know if there is one out there, but that I saw, she has not released a statement. I I haven't seen anything. And I heard about the other people coming for it. I didn't read in depth about them, but I've heard about the other people who accused them of abuse, but I didn't hear anything about his, his former wife saying anything. I do want to stress, though, that these are allegations at this point. He has not been yeah. proven guilty yet. Innocent until proven guilty. Shire so released well. a statement to the New York Times that said, I'm not in any position to tell anyone how my behavior made them feel. I have no excuses for my alcoholism or aggression, only rationalizations. I have been abusive to myself and everyone around me for years. It goes on a little longer, but that's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And he seems like to be owning up to it. But Shire's lawyer said, the defendant denies generally and specifically each and every allegation. Do you want to guess who Shire's lawyer is? It better not be Sean Holly. Sean Holly. You a fucking <laughs> liar. Is it him? It's Sean Holly. God I, damn, that motherfucker. She be, she be on it. She gets a bag. I don't know why I get such happiness when her name comes up, but I think it stems because I used to watch like Nancy Grace and Jane Velez Mitchell on yes, HLN and the Lindsay Lohan deep. trial was always on. Yep. But I find it interesting that she has popped up twice now. And if we could ever get a guest star on this podcast i just want it to be sean holly i talk about she ain't gonna t- tell us nothing though it's a type it's a tw- attorney client privilege sean but holly, oh if you're my listening, gosh. you can be my future co-host oh damn i'm already replaced i wasn't even the one who's been causing all the technical difficulties and i get replaced first but damn that's cr- ain't that crazy how the how the accused doesn't really admit it nor deny it. But immediately after the attorney said, okay, let me shut this shit down. He ain't got no law degree. So he didn't say anything to you guys. Ignore that statement. It never happened. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Just for fun. Do you want to hear some other people that Sean Holly has represented? I kind of actually do. Yes. Okay. Obviously. Lindsay Lohan. Yes, LL. Justin Bieber. Kanye West. JB? KW? Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Nicole Richie. Cat Williams. (laughs) Michael Jackson. Oh, really? Lamar Odom. Snoop Dogg. Reggie Bush. The Kardashians. And of course, where I think brought her to fame is OJ. You know what I want to know? Because I know some of them, she was probably like their attorney attorney and then some maybe she was just working with them on trials or cases like that i just want to know how each of those relationships came to end because i know some of those names you named off it's just not worth me being around them i just have to know like she saw that one person went huh. I, I, as soon I, as this is done i'm firing myself and you maybe i am i'm going to look up every episode who the lawyer is from now on. <laughs> just yeah, we're going to get, gonna get some Holly. more. We're going to get one. I bet you it won't be a present, but it'll be somewhere in the history. <laughs> Formerly <laughs> represented by Sean Hawley. Which had this to say about Shia's apology, which she told Gail King. Quote, I think it reminds me of some of the gaslighting I experienced when I was with him. Taking some of the blame, but not all of it. And then denying it. Which, that's what he's doing, so. <laughs> I mean, I, he... I'm sorry. You go, sir. I think that's kind of, even with the smaller little scandals, I think that's how he handled everything. He took the blame, not really all of it, and then he moved past it. I was just about to say, yeah, it seems like that's his MO. And it kind of falls in love, finally falls in love. It kind of falls in line with how he does, I guess, his romantic relationships are pursuing. If FKA is right and C is correct and what they um their perception it's like he gives you all these things that uh, i guess men perceive women want the emotional sensitive side the the love bombing i guess i love yous i want a future with you i want to be better for you and then immediately into the you ain't nothing without me the abuse and stuff which unfortunately it does lock people in because you get all that good affection you get all that love 
and then you get that hate and you're like, well, oh shit, what the fuck happened? What do I got to do to get that love again? And it's just a vicious cycle. And that's, and it seems like that's how the apology is. It's very emotional forthcoming and really like, oh, if that's what I did with to you, I apologize. I never want to invalidate your feelings, but he's not really saying what he did. Yeah. Shia is now seeking help for his addictions. He has taken a break from acting and he has been dropped from his agent. That is where we are leaving off with Shia. Do you think he has a comeback in store? You know what? A lot of the same, we usually say it the same way with everybody we've been ending with this, like, yeah, they could come back, maybe on a smaller scale, but they can come back. I think he can, but I don't think it'll be good. (laughs) I think he's going to keep popping up in the news for bad stuff. I don't think he's going to be famous for movies anymore. I, I kind of see that. And, and that's kind of tragic that you got to say it like that. Cause I don't want to prey on nobody's downfall, but if, if the pattern seems to be correct and he's not really taking blame for anything, but he's getting, and this is air quotes treatment, because I don't, if, if you're not taking blame for everything, I don't see what the point of treatment is going to help. If you're not confronting everything, uh, I, just, I don't know if the whole problem is going to be solved, but yeah, I hope he gets better. I don't know if I want him in the spotlight to show that you can do all those things and then still have your fame and your name uh, intact. But if anything, I hope he gets better and can be an advocate for somebody, a former I don't know. Be a be 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 an advocate for a better role model, a better person. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of this does seem to stem from his alcoholism. So hopefully, he does get help for that. I think that he independent films would probably pick him up. I mean, he's still a big name, so a smaller film is going to work with him. I think he kind of burned bridges with studio films. I don't see him in a studio film ever again. Never. I could see, yeah, like you said, independent people, because even if he's not the best actor, you know, a lot of films want people who are going to go to the edge, do that extra mile to uh, for for the role. So if you got a man like Shia who's willing to get naked, who's willing to sit in boxes, willing to do whatever needs to be done. If, if you want that infamy or if you want that fame why wouldn't you uh snag him up if he's not doing nothing yeah so yeah to me he's kind of like the discount jared leto like he's always doing those method acting i was gonna say he's like a a discount colin firth not firth colin farrell that's the other f but i think that's too old for people to really get because i don't even really know how colin farrell was (laughs) I don't even know who that is. You don't? No, oh, the name man. sounds familiar, but I cannot name him. Well, I ain't, ain't going to take you there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... That is all for our episode today. We like to end every episode on a positive note by sharing a media that we enjoy. The drop Sasha. <laughs> I believe you went first last time, so I'll go first this time. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, sir. Thank you. This is always the hardest part because I never know what I'm going to talk about until yeah, I, I literally always <laughs> am stuck between two things. So yes, I'm glad you're getting me this time. Yes. Um, okay. I said positive, but this one's not really positive, but I'm just going to go with it anyways. Okay. The book, A Little Life, and I believe the author's name is pronounced Hanya Yana. Gihara, yeah, Hanya Yana Gihara. I looked up, looked it up a thousand times how to pronounce it, and I, I'm sorry if I doubt it wrong. Still, um, a little life is one of those books I saw. I think on YouTube, like a review, and it said this is the saddest book you'll ever read. I'm like, oh my god, it can't be that sad. (laughs) (laughs) You love a challenge, yeah. So I went into it, and I didn't really have high hopes, I guess, and I didn't know anything of it. I just, that's all I saw from the review. I'm like, let's, let's go. And I have never had a book, like, I don't know, destroy me like a, that book has. <laughs> um, 
I read the book and I have never tried from a book before. Like I've been sad from a book, but I've never tried from one. And this one had me like ugly crying, like, you know, the sobs and... I ain't even seen you cry yet. <laughs> it's not even like there's happy moments in there too. And I just feel like the author puts those happy moments in there just to take them away from you and like ruin it. And I don't want to give out any spoilers. And it's a book that I don't even know if I should recommend to people because <laughs> I finished it in February. And before that, I was reading like two books at a time for like enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Not not at a time. Two books like a week. So I would finish two weeks, two books a week. And I finished that book in February. And after that, I've just been in this like grieving process that I just finally <laughs> You've been a catonic state. <laughs> I've just finally started reading again. And like I've read books for this podcast, but not for enjoyment. And <laughs> finally I'm starting to see the light months later. And I have to like sometimes I just get sad thinking of the characters and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, no, they're not real. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> get over it. Bruh, I get that though. Yeah. I haven't I've I haven't gotten like that for a book, but I got that way for Precious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that is my Precious. Um, and okay. Normally, Meteor does not make me cry. If I watch something, the only thing that makes me cry is that book and that freaking show, What Would You Do? And it's just because people are too nice. And I'm like, he didn't have to do that. And, you know, it always gets me. Uh-uh-uh. That was that, a good one. I won't read that book ever, but. I'll, I'll write it down so I can avoid it. Yeah, like I, Jose went through some. I can't touch that book yet. I borrowed it from the library and I just had to end up buying it. And I'm like, I don't know why I bought it because I'm never going to be able to read it again. All right. So I guess it's my turn. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> All right. So I just kept trying to think. Uh, so you almost made me change to a book, but I guess I'm stick with what I have. I can't do two. I'm gonna do one. You can do okay. two. You can do three. It's your problem. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna do two. I'm gonna do uh, two songs that make me feel on different sides of the spectrum for two different reasons, and it's really weird. So the first one, one of these songs just makes me happy because it's just related to one of my favorite bad movies, and it's just a good song. Uh, do you know it, it's real old? Uh, so Christopher Cross, "Ride Like the Wind." Um, I love that song. I don't think I know it. Oh my gosh. It's just a good song. It's one of those older ballady pop get you hype type stuff. Uh they would probably play it at a hockey event type thing. <laughs> they wouldn't yeah, play you it. You would not catch me in a hockey game. Yeah. <laughs> like you know how they play Eye of the Tiger? They will probably play this one at the place that they couldn't afford Eye of the Tiger. It's like anyway. one, one of those get pump songs. Okay. Yes, I really like it. But it was on uh, Dickie Roberts' former child star. And it's a terrible movie, but I love that movie so much. I uh, used to love that movie. I totally forgot about that until you said that. Oh, I love that movie. So I think I've bought, I've actually paid money for that movie at least three times. That's embarrassing, but I have. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think I just like David Spade, J- Just Shoot Me, Joe Dart. He's kind of low-key. He's like a, a low favorite. You, you don't talk about him as much, but he's cool. I don't like Joe Dirt. Um, didn't I show you Just Shoot Me? Okay, Jose. Jose, I love you. You had the DVDs, but I had definitely watched Just Shoot Me before. I was a young child who stayed awake at all hours of the night. Just Shoot Me used to come on real early in the morning. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to still write it down. As I showed you. I knew you was going to say that. <laughs> I'm getting credit I knew you that one. But, uh, yeah, so I just really love that song. I just love that part in the movie when they do the song, the little performance. And then it's just a good song for some reason. And it has backing vocals of Michael McDonald, who has just a hilarious but soulful voice. <laughs> and then the song, I guess, that always makes me sad is related to one of my favorite films. And you know it. Ooh, what is it? See if you can guess the song I'm talking about. It's one of... One of the films we we both know of, we've both seen, and we quote it all the time when we're joking. And it's a sad song. Okay. Is it, I think I love my wife. 
No. Is it the family that prays? No. I can't believe you're not getting it. I don't know. It set it off. Oh. I'm up against the wind. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. Bro. <laughs> I could watch that after re- winning the lottery. A bitch is going to shed a tear. <laughs> I, that song gets me every, every time. I just picture... Ursula putting her goddamn scarf around her neck as Cleo's dying. Oh no. I if that song does come on, it's one of those things that you gotta act like you're in a music video. I'll be slow motion running to a street every time <laughs> in my head. Simple. But yeah. It's a good form of entertainment too. So oh yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> you know the other quote I <laughs> say it with Trisha too. <laughs> A banana flambe. (laughs) (laughs) What's the procedure when you got a gun pointed to your head? Oh my gosh. I was like, yep, ain't she she, she's gone. (laughs) You can't get away with that. (laughs) It's a funny movie. It's a sad movie. It's a action movie. It's it's all in one. It really is. I haven't seen it in a while. That's probably in my top five or top ten, too. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, uh, those are the two songs. Uh, Lori Perry, I think her name is, Up Against the Wind, and Christopher Cross, Ride Like the Wind. Ooh, bitch, I didn't even know they both had wind in there. <laughs> you, Ooh, are the, you are the you wind windy. beneath my wings. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> um, that is all for Save Your Sorry this week. Um, if you guys made it this far and you like the podcast, give us five stars wherever you can leave a rating even if you didn't like it give us five stars and tell us what we can improve on yeah i mean we love positive as we like negative because we like to we talk shit about ourselves too (laughs) (laughs) if you did like it tell your friends if you didn't like it tell your enemies if you want to reach out to us we're on instagram at save your sorry you can write us a gmail at save your sorry you can send Mm -hmm. us a dollar or two at dollar sign save your sorry and mm-hmm. our twitter is save your sorry but the your is spelled you are instead of the word because that motherfucker took that shit <laughs> i i gotta reach out and find them like is you really trying to save your sorry so you just fucking sorry okay i'm sorry don't they could listen and like this i not give a shit up we just lost a fan i, I hope you're happy come back place i'm sorry <laughs> that is all um thank you guys for listening it's been wonderful see you guys next time bye 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 oh he's about to click off on me (laughs) that's right